Welcome to another edition of Puck Talk. I'm your host, Spider Jack, a.k.a. Jack Woods. In studio with me today, back in action, is Ben Hatchet, who's the axe. The ben, axe how you doing? Good. The axe is back in the booth. <laughs> How's it? How's been? Uh, how's been traveling? You've been gone for a very Traveled long time. Yeah, it feels longer. You know, than I think it's probably just been like a little over a month. A little over. But a month. then you all had fall break, so that that throws off the schedule. But yeah, just wrapped up fall travel season 2019 for DePaul. Probably put in eight to ten weeks of solid travel. 105, wow. 105 high schools later, forty two college fairs. Not trying to brag. Wow. Just. Making the rounds. That you're putting up real numbers. R- real numbers. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Getting back. We just did some application reading, mm-hmm. uh, retraining for our team. So we're uh, diving into applications for your future classmates. Wow. Bringing in the class of 2024. So good to be back. Um, got engaged. Got engaged. Got engaged. I was. In, I was in, uh, oh, my gosh. Got to gotta put that little, little plug out there. Drop the mic. Congratulations yeah. to you. Ben and Vivian on getting engaged. That yeah. is such both, a such a big step. Both 2017 DePaul grads and met here, met here, and proposed to her out in the nature park. So wow, that's awesome! Congratulations, thank Ben. You. Thank and, you. Uh, We're a month th- in, so still no cold feet yet. No cold feet yet. <laughs> had to hear a funny thing though. I had to. Uh, I called up some venues last night. Oh, and, and wow. getting some some pricing and quotes. We will be probably it's it's going to be late spring twenty twenty one. So we're we got a year. Okay, but the reality sets in. I got to call places now. My work my work isn't done. <laughs> I can't just enjoy. Uh, no, you being got, engaged. We got no. It's not just you other, get on the you get on a knee with a ring. That's not your whole job. No, no, because late spring summer is a wedding season. Yes, it is. Places will book up, and we got to get get on the list. So enough about that. But yes. I'm excited. It feels like hockey season. It is hockey season. Since last I've been in the booth, we kind of were in that speculation stage. Yeah. Now hockey season here, it feels like it. Stay warm out there, Greencastle. It's about 33 degrees. 33 degrees. Brisk walk. We got some snow on Halloween. Hope everyone had a very happy and spooky Halloween. <laughs> in the NHL, we had only two games last night, but boy, were they uh They were filled, spooky. They filled, were spooky. Filled with hockey time. We had two overtime games in the league last night. Yes. And... Uh, Shout out to the Nashville Predators for blowing a four to one lead in the third period. But um, Ben, as you well know, I, I know that you've been tuning in uh, every Friday. Absolutely, at, uh, when I can. So we typically go through the standings here. So uh, in the Eastern Conference in the Metropolitan Division, the Washington Capitals currently hold a hold on the Metro Division, twenty one points, followed by Carolina who's in second place with 17 points and then the Islanders and Pittsburgh Penguins are tied for second place with 16 are tied for third place with 16 points in the Atlantic Division Boston and Buffalo are tied for first place with 20 points each followed by Montreal and Florida who are tied for second place with 16 points and then Toronto finishes out third and then in the Western Conference, the Colorado Avalanche and the Nashville Predators are tied for first place in the Central Division with 18 points. St. Louis comes in uh, second place with 17 points. And the Winnipeg Jets are in third place with 12 points. And in the Pacific Division, and what a surprise this is, the Edmonton Oilers still have control They're with, high. Ni- with 19 points. The Vancouver Canucks, who we will highlight later in the show, it currently holds uh, second place with the Vegas Golden Knights and 17 points, and the Anaheim Ducks round out third with 16 points. Ben, yeah. I know you've been watching hockey on the road. Tell I'm me what to. you think. Yeah, no, I think that landscape is, is impressive, especially in the Pacific. Um, 
I'm even more curious too. Thinking, I just had this thought. Thinking long term, we've got a Seattle team on the horizon that's yeah. going to jump right in to a very competitive division. Just mm-hmm. curious, little little food for thought. But Edmonton, awesome. They're hanging in there. Uh, James Neal has made a huge contribution, which he's eleven been, goals. Eleven goals. He's been streaky in the past, but he's been part of some cup winning teams and some deep playoff mm-hmm. teams. So he's he's already showing. His contribution. One thing we didn't talk about that's worth noting in the standings: Boston's on a four-game win streak. Mm-hmm. On the tail end of that, on the opposite end of that spectrum that you not want to be on, are uh, the Los Angeles Kings on a four-game losing streak. Oh, poor LA! But those are the kind of the, the big streaks in the league. Um, I think the Metropolitan Division is going to be tight again. I, I don't mm-hmm. expect the Caps to, to walk away and blow through this. Mm-hmm. Yes, they have a, a four-point lead right now, but they're two games up, and I think it's a lot closer than than what it looks like on paper. And I'm sure you'd agree it's it's not. It's early. We're only 14, 15 games into the season. Yeah, and it, typically I don't make predictions. Only 14 games in, 15 games in, 13 right. games. But, you know, um, I, I do think that in terms of what the Washington Capitals bring every single night in terms mm. of uh, goal support for Braden Holtby, yep. uh, th- that's a very tough team to beat. Uh, Alex Ovechkin is once again in the top 10 in points. Uh, and, I mean, we're not even a quarter of a way through, and that's not going to slow down anytime soon. The right. Hurricanes and the Penguins and the Islanders um, – I would not have put them in the order that they're in right now. Sure. But I I, I, I thought Carolina would probably have a slower start mm-hmm. to get back into the mix. But they, they jumped right in where, where they were at the end of last year. Which, which yeah. again, I, I also completely believe. But I, I just... Oh, I mean, they're... they're that t- offseason, you never know what happens to the momentum. They're a team that definitely rides momentum, and they're a team that is fast. They're young, and they play hockey. They are a very young team. And and they play transition hockey very well from uh, everything that I've read from um, everything I've read about stats. But um, the New York Islanders come as a surprise. Yep. I didn't expect them to be um, right back in there. Oh, my uh, gosh. Sorry. Completely missed that. They, forgive me, they have the longest winning streak. Sorry, forget Boston. The Islanders are on a seven-game tear. Yeah, eight and two in the last ten. And you know what? Some teams just get hot right at that mall, uh, just like for a brief week and a half, and then they go cold again. I don't think that's the case with the Islanders. No. I thought that they were going to have a rough season after losing Robin Leonard to the Chicago Blackhawks, who's doing Robin Leonard things in Chicago. But turns out that the New York Islanders are uh, still a competitive team, and they are going to be competitive at least for this part of the season. Heads up tonight. Keep an eye out. The Islanders will face potentially. We'll get into more of this team later in the show. But the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, that's who they play tonight. It'll be interesting to see what Tampa Bay team appears against the Islanders this evening. But that could be their first, you know, if you will, big matchup. Right. To see where they are in that that seven game win streak. What surprises me most about the uh, Metro Division right now is the Pink- Pittsburgh Penguins, who has one of the highest positive goal differentials with uh, positive fifteen. They have good goaltending. Good goaltending. Mean, uh, Matt Murray's got a nine twenty three save percentage right now, and yet they are still uh, only managing sixteen points, I believe, with no overtime right. losses. They haven't, so haven't they had an overtime loss. They have five regulation losses, eight wins. Eight and five. Yeah, and uh, Sidney Crosby is uh, in the top ten in assists. But yep. um, you know, overall, what are you thinking of the Pittsburgh Penguins right now? I think they're they're 
they're tracking pretty well. Um, they had a few surprising road losses last week. They just, I just think, I think that warm weather down in Florida was a shock to their system. Yeah, I think. <laughs> no, I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Sid, Sid took a couple different pucks in places you don't want to see your your captain. Um, yeah. He's been wearing he's been wearing the. The the faux kind of cage right now on right. his jaw. He's had history, one with concussions. Everybody knows that. But he's he's had some jaw type issues, so he's he's kind of swollen right now. But it's not affecting his play any. Um, and their last big contest in that seven one win on Tuesday night against uh, the in state rivalry, the Philly Flyers. Yeah, um, he put up I think three points in the night in that seven one beat down and the penguins are doing that they they rebound with huge goal games and you talked about that goal differential they have no trouble scoring um the big story and we can go ahead and get into this little bit now yeah. what happens with malkin the speculation is what if malkin is coming back for fans of the show you know we talked about the big 71 gino malkin for the penguins i um, am score i am score his famous words in his first uh goal <laughs> interview after he joined the league um when he was like what 17 year old russian who just got off the plane yeah now here's the thing <laughs> gino has been injured he has played very little this season he there's no stories on it right now but he claims and hopes that he will be healthy for a big game tomorrow night the Penguins uh, will host the Oilers. Um, so those red-hot Edmonton Oilers will come to Pittsburgh tomorrow tomorrow at 1 o'clock Eastern time. So the big story will be, can Gino, is Gino healthy, ready to go for that game? Do mm-hmm. you rush it? Where is he health-wise? Um, yeah, and uh, we'll touch on this a little bit more, but right now, uh, but good day. Sorry, I, long-winded. To go back to your question, I feel good about the pens. Yeah, and you're right. You mentioned it in our, our prepping for the show. There's no real goalie issue, whereas this time a year ago, there was when the Penguins were not where they wanted to be point-wise and were jockeying the wild card spot or even lower. They gave Matt Murray a year ago a month off just to. Not necessarily go to minors, just to work with goalie coaches and have a time to, to develop because mm-hmm. that was the shock and, you know, harsh reminder to Penns fans and people in the league that at the time Matt Murray was just going into his, he just completed his second year as a regular season goalie. Mm-hmm. Still developing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, he's got a 923 save percentage. Tristan yep. Jerry has a 939. Right, so, right. Tristan you know, Jari has, has been. Jari. Solidified. No, he's been solidified as the the backup guy, um, and that's a great backup to have if he's pulling in a nine three nine save percentage. Absolutely, yeah. There was some speculation on Casey DeSmith and whatever, and Casey DeSmith kind of had some drama. He was a guy that was arguably better last year mm-hmm. than Tristan Jari, but Tristan Jari is is younger, um, has a little more potential in the eyes of the management, and uh, Casey DeSmith was a really interesting one that. Got sent on waivers, mm-hmm. and then the Penguins picked him back up right. and sent him to the minors to clear up cap space. So, part yeah. of the business, they still have him in the system. He's in the farm team. So, there, there is that goalie talent still, but yeah, Tristan Jari, great, great backup to have. And uh, right before we go to break, one interesting stat is that eight players on the Pittsburgh Penguins right now have a, have above a 10% shooting percentage, which is phenomenal. They've got some young guys that have been brought in the, in the lineup with Malkin going out, 
and it'll be interesting to see who stays when he comes back in, but they have picked up offensively. Sid doesn't have to. He can have the assists, and he doesn't have to have all the goals. He's got Jake Gensel as a winger mm-hmm. that's been burying it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got to take a, an issue. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. It's never an issue with the Pittsburgh Penguins. But, folks, we got to take a quick 12-second break, but we will be right back with more Puck Talk. You're listening to 91.5 WGRE, your sound alternative. Hi, this is Brad Stevens, head coach of the Boston Celtics. You're listening to 91.5 WGRE, home of DePaul University Athletics. Welcome back to Puck Talk with Spider Jack and Axe. As we were just discussing, we were talking about the Pittsburgh Penguins, and the big injury is Evgeny Malkin, who you said might be returning tonight. But that does not mean that there are. Uh, that was his. That was his quote in a local affiliate. He hopes and wants more than anything to be back tomorrow against the Oilers. But I can't find anything right now. They'll have skate. They'll probably have morning skate wrapping up right now, and there might be something coming up. If he's in it and what they're doing, but if he's not in the lines or if he's not at least rushing with like a fourth or a third line, then I don't think that he will be back in the game. No. Um, but that being said, it appears that the, the the central division has just been the news the news division of the week because there have been multiple headlines. You've got contracts. You've got big contracts, injuries, and People getting paid. And now it, we have entered into. Uh, I won't say make or break time, but this is a time that this is a pretty defining time in the season. How well can you start? You want to keep going well before the holidays hit. Oh yeah, the first break, sort of because after Thanksgiving and after Thanksgiving, you hit the dog days. Yeah, you hit the I can't wait till Christmas. Well, right. I can't wait till right. New Year's. And a then, lot of teams get lengthy road trips. I feel like in the yeah. December stretch, or uh-huh. they have really long stretches of the year. I haven't looked at too many schedules, but just thinking about it historically, this is a time where they really start to pack in games mm-hmm. before the you really the year and the break. You really, right now we're sitting at that 14-15 spot. You know, you know, adding up the math here, we got 82 games from now until, you know, or not 82, 82 in the season. We got a lot of hockey from now until April. Yeah. And so you start you gotta take control of your division right now. Yeah. And it appears that the stars and the predators have the best chance to do that. I'd because agree. um just some of the injuries. I don't know if they mean anything to you. Miko Rantanen, hmm. Gabriel Landeskog, Vladimir Tarasenko, Dustin Bufflin, who is on suspension, right, but was projected to be back this year. Yeah. And Mark Latestu who is out for six months with a heart issue. His long-term health is not at risk, but Mark Letestu is out. Rantanen and Landeskog are out, quote, indefinitely. Vladimir Tarasenko requires surgery on his uh, shoulder, putting him out for five months. And Dustin Bufflin, as we just mentioned, has ankle surgery. Yeah. So Two big losses for the Winnipeg Jets. Thinking about also another reason why I'm completely comfortable with your prediction... <laughs> <laughs> with, with the Preds and the Stars. Well, the two other teams that could have won the division now have... Huge, su- huge losses. Huge losses because Tarasenko is the sharpshooter. Yeah. And to break apart the mckinnon landis Ranthanen line in Colorado is all but devastating. Right. Um, I, meant, I, I tweeted this out a little bit earlier this week, but I... 
the the Blues can survive. The Blues can survive without they've, Vladimir Tarasenko. They've done it before. Well, yeah, sorry. They they can survive, not necessarily the without um, Tarasenko. Yeah, they can survive. I don't know how the Avalanche match up without Ranton and Landis Gog. And I definitely don't see how the Winnipeg Jets can win any games at all if they if their injury track keeps going this way. Because Mark Letesto is a big part of that uh, bottom six, right? In Winnipeg, so he's sitting at a minus eight differential. Um, not not a cause to worry. Another little another little. That's a nothing stat. Yeah, that's a nothing stat. But I mean. Uh, that's two games. What, two games to clear that up. Yeah, I don't know. What are you? What, what's your take on the Colorado Avalanche without Miko Rantanen and Gabriel Landeskog? You know, I think Colorado will be interesting. I think with you know the leadership there, the depth they have. I think just McKinnon. McKinnon can can take it. I, I don't. You think that he can uh, take that load? I think so. Really? Okay. I, I, Tell me more about that. So, when you look at the team, yes, Brandon and... I mean, they, 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 they flip-flop, you know, those two guys. They're, they're the top top point guys right now. you got seven goals for Nathan McKinnon, ten for assists. Uh, Mika Rantanen is at five goals and seven assists. So, you know, they, they clearly are leading leading the team. Um, you know, you have, you have several... You know, you've got you got Ian Cole down in the bottom group, but thinking about his days as a penguin, um, there's opportunity there. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I'm looking at this roster right now, and I'm seeing that Nathan McKinnon is out shooting the team by not even a close margin. Yeah. He's out shooting the team 48, and the next closest guy, uh, Nazim Kadri, is shooting 27. 27 shots on goal and three goals, whereas Nathan McKinnon has uh, 48 shots and seven goals. You know, just looking at this objectively, Nathan McKinnon is the best player on this team, but Landeskog has 26 shots. I did not expect that to be so low. At the same time, they've been having uh, some really good goaltending in... uh, Vel Von Cruz and Philip Grubar, yep. they both have uh, 926 and 916 save percentages, respectively. So, goaltending so clearly yeah. isn't an issue. Right, right. And I don't know too much more on the defense situation for Colorado, but I think with, with goaltending right now, they can weather this. They have some guys that, well, they're not you know picking up on the stats. You got, like, you know, looking at the lineup, mentioned Ian Cole, Colin mm-hmm. Wilson, um, players that. In, in in the past, when other teams have stepped up and know how to do that, um, yeah, I, I just don't know. I don't know if it's it's a cause for concern yet for Colorado. I haven't followed too many of their games. I just think uh, they they move the puck really well. They move and the they, puck well. They have goalie. They have they have goalie depth. McKinnon doesn't have to be scoring three goals. I don't mean that way, but he will okay. He will contribute. I, I liken McKinnon, and this is my extent of understanding the Colorado Avalanche. He trains a lot in the offseason. <laughs> yes, he does. More than most players. And he spends all all offseason a lot of times with Sidney Crosby because they're both Cole Harbor, Nova Scotia guys. They mm-hmm. spend the summer together. They're different players but similar work ethic in that they better those around them. They don't have to be lighting the lamp every night, mm-hmm. and on the score sheet, even though McKinnon is doing that. Um, 
looking at their last two games, they have lost to the Anaheim Ducks and the Florida Panthers, who are playing good hockey right now because Florida currently holds the second wild card, and I believe Anaheim holds the first wild card. But uh, looking in their next couple of matchups, just through the weekend, they played the Dallas Stars, who is a team that we've talked about before, a team that um, isn't on a very good track right now, but this they can the, the, get it done though they it, can they will turn it around eventually yeah. and then they play the Arizona Coyotes who have also been playing very very well and um, then they're right back against Dallas on Tuesday and then they'll go to and then the Predators will uh, go to Colorado on Thursday so they've got a pretty loaded week ahead of them especially can especially since um Loaded week with a lot of conference games mm-hmm. that that could that could give them that cushion they're probably looking for. So and, and I think up, pick up a few points. And I believe that the Friday and Tuesday game will be the biggest um, signifier of how the Avalanche can weather this storm. As you said, I don't know about the Jets because they are on a very bad track uh, yeah. as of right now. Um. And, and the, Jets, the Jets will have an interesting game. They they got San Jose Sharks coming up. Uh, is that tonight? Yeah, yeah it is tonight, tonight. And then they'll play. Uh, that should be a good game. That, that'd be entertaining. They'll play Vegas and San Jose back to back, which is not a great time, uh, especially considering that. Uh, yeah, good luck. The Vegan Golden Vegan Golden Vegas Golden Knights. Goodness gracious! You're good. Uh, is um, it the Vegan Golden? What were you saying over there? <laughs> vegan Golden Knight. No. Okay. Um, and Could they, you imagine what that mascot would be? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but we digress. Okay. Oh dear. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think yeah. Vegas is a hot team. Have the Sharks twice. Is that a home home and away? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the Blues, Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, that comparative comparative comparatively speaking, that's like losing a. Uh, uh, I guess Jake Gensel. On the uh, Penguins, I guess, and then or, Mal- or, or the Malkin. You would say okay. I'd probably say with, Malkin with Tarasenko. I mean, it's it's. And then I'd say Forsberg for the Predators. Yeah, I mean, how can you manage without right. one of the best shooters and puck movers on the team? Right. Um, I don't know. I, I think that the Blues can survive. I think the Blues can manage. I think that the Blues are exactly where they were predicted to be, which is, I mean, they will get a place in the Central Division. They will make it back to the playoffs this year. I'm not sure if they will win it. I'm not sure if they'll win the Central Division. and I'm not sure how far they will go in the playoffs, but I think that they eventually will, and even considering that Tarasenko is going to be out for a very long time, they can still win games. They can still find ways to win games. And uh, one more thing right before we go, a couple things right before we go to break. I know this seems abrupt, but the other two big highlights were Austin Watson and Roman Yossi signing with the Nashville Predators. Uh, Yossi signs an eight-year, $72 million contract, and then Austin Watson signs a three-year, $4.5 million which confirms that Austin Watson will be staying with the Nashville Predators, or it confirms that he will be a top candidate to go to Seattle in a couple years. Absolutely. So where did this money come from, Jack? I have no idea. Yeah. Well, I have no idea where this money came from. The timing of this whole thing. Like, good for, good for the Preds. Is it a 
symbolic gesture to these guys. Yeah. To get some ink, maybe give them a little more fuel push. I don't know what I'm looking for here, but well, I mean, we knew that Roman Yossi was going to have to sign because yeah, right. David He's... Poyle could not afford another Ryan Suter situation. Right. But that being said, um, I have no idea why Austin Watson was. Uh, I don't know why that decision was announced in the middle of the game. Right. <laughs> but it, it appeared to a conversation g- on the bench. Hey, you want to you, you want to sign con- for three years? But it apparently five million extension. It yeah. gave him a boost sure, because coach, he had his, he had a four point game last right. night. No, you're right, and that that could be the strategic thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but like, what are we doing? Bribing people? <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, um, but Roman, Yo- I'm not surprised with Roman Yossi. I am surprised with Austin Watson. I thought that he was a guy that uh, was expendable, in my opinion. I think that uh, there are a lot of guys in the Milwaukee. Will, yeah, this will take him up to age 30 at the end of this three-year contract, which is a good age to then yeah. part, part ways, most likely. Yes. So you've um, got his peak three years. Yeah, and you know he offers playoff heroics, but um, I I don't know. I, I maybe I'm just one of those guys that really relies on uh, Corsi Four mm-hmm. and uh, expected goals and scoring chances and high danger chances. Yeah. But uh, Austin Watson, in my opinion, is an expendable body. But uh, he apparently offers uh, some leadership qualities. He's uh, a great locker room guy, according to the Predators. And you do need guys like that in the locker room in order to uh, sustain um, camaraderie. And uh, I feel like Austin Watson is just one of those guys on the National Predators that David Poyle and Peter Laviolette really likes and really likes the way that he plays. And apparently he shows enough to them, whether it be blocking shots or the occasional goal here and there, that uh, he's earned a place on the Predators roster, but that does alienate either Mikael Glenland or Craig Smith because there will not be enough money to go around next year to offer both of them contracts. Yeah. Let's pick this up when we get back. Yes, we have to take a short break here, but you are listening to 91.5 WGRE, your sound alternative. (coughs) Okay. Here we go. Here we go. 91.5 WGRE. We are the number four station in all the nation. Why, you ask? Because we've got great DJs, news, and sports, and giveaways of all sorts. Don't forget the listeners. Gotta thank you, because without you, we couldn't do what we do. And when you leave Greencastle for another place, don't forget to listen out in cyberspace. So to hear the best radio in the car or where you live, just remember to tune to your sound alternative. WGRE 915 I'm out Welcome back to Puck Talk after He's that, out and we're back uh, after that really strange promo <laughs> you know it, and I have been in 102.5 the game studio they bring in like beats and I mean like Hardcore beats that I'm like bouncing in the studio, and that feeling it on that one. That that just it it, it felt like a slide whistle in comparison. <laughs> oh dear! Yeah, uh, shots anyways. fired. <laughs> Gosh, back to Happy Friday. <laughs> back. So we were picking up a little bit on that uh, Preds talk about some some major contracts that were inked in in the last week. Uh, do you think that with the signing of 
Roman Yossi and Austin Watson, is there some camaraderie that needs to be restored in Nashville after Subban getting... Is there some confusion, do you think? Do people... That's not the vibe. Not the vibe. Okay. Okay. That's not... And... um, just trying to think. Yeah. As an as an athlete, there are definitely guys that I want in the locker room, and there are guys that, if they're not in the locker room, that completely changes the atmosphere. Sure. But I think that PK Subban's time in Nashville was up for a lot of different reasons. I think he brought a lot of publicity, and I think he brought a lot of star power to Nashville, and I think that um, he made the Predators a little bit more relevant. And in terms of how he moved the puck and how he was able to create chances for the Predators going the other way, and um, just in general how he played with that charisma, that was definitely needed in Nashville. Sure. Um, Shea Weber's last play as a Nashville Predator uh, was Shea Weber. Sure. He laid the body. Yep. Knocked somebody out, created a 2-1-1 for the Sharks in that terrible series going back the other way. Alienates Roman Yossi and Pecorine. They run Pecorine. They lose that series. And then David Poyle says, all right, I want somebody who's not going to do that, who wants to be more uh, (laughs) offensively inclined and can move the puck the other way. And that's what they got in P.K. Subban. But now that he is in New Jersey and having uh, the effects of Matt Duchesne, on the Nashville Predators, I think that was um, a good move. Um, I don't know um, what that team would look like if they had moved some other pieces around and kept P.K. Subban and still acquired Matt Duchesne, but I do think that uh, for the from the team's offensive standpoint, that was a good move, and it was time for P.K. Subban to leave Nashville. But Roman Yossi, on the other hand, now has P.K. Subban money in his back right. pocket. Absolutely. And from everything that I can see, he's earned it mm-hmm. with, seven, w- with five goals, eight assists, and 13 games played. The shooting at an uh, 11-4-point shooting percentage, not too bad for a defenseman. No, not at all. But the standout star it would be his defensive partner, Ryan Ellis. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, Ellis has 14 points, uh, 12 assists. and it's crazy. And, and t- 13 games. I mean, right. those two Contributing. are... Contributing. Those two are very dangerous <laughs> Every offensively. Every the word. Yeah. But they're not playing... Uh, they're playing well enough on defense, I'll say. But, um, anyways, we wanted to talk a little bit about this Vancouver Canucks team. Yeah. Where do they come from? Where did they come from? Vancouver, have, it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> They're second in the Pacific Division They right are. Now. They sure are. Behind Those the Canucks. Edmonton Oilers? What yep. year is this? I'm not sure. But uh, they have, they've been getting great goaltending yeah. from Thatcher Demko. Vancouver brought out some retro jerseys, right, for this year? I think so. So they're using some magic there, bringing back the nostalgia, and it's clicking now, and who knows? It's amazing what that when teams do that stuff. Well, Thatcher Demko has a 9-4-1 save percentage right now, and Elias Patterson has 18 points, including five multi-point games, and he's currently on a five-point game streak right now. Have you seen anything uh, about the Vancouver Canucks lately, or have you just been in Pittsburgh mode from day one? Yeah, I mean, you know... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I, I, I've caught little snippets. Um, 
you know, you, you talked about Peterson. Um, I mean, you've got you got guys that are, there's four people on the roster above ten points. Several that are contributing in that mid, you know, five to ten range. Everybody's getting getting some type of point. Um, I'm a little surprised, I think, of this team and how well they're doing, mm-hmm. where uh, Jay Beagle's contributions are. Um, he's only got three points, a goal, and two assists. Um, mm-hmm. Thinking about his time with the Capitals, and he's kind of that. He's a we- he's a weird player, from what very, I from yes, yeah, he can be very very streaky. Just when I was you know glancing at how they're doing, he would have been one of the names I thought. Well, maybe he's doing. They have the, the Canucks as a team right now have the highest uh, point differential with a positive seventeen. Right, so they are, I mean, just yeah, the whole team they're just scoring. Right, they're right. scoring right now. They're getting good goaltending, and that's something too. That that goaltending offers a lot of momentum. Um, both both keepers are, mm-hmm. are actually splitting time right now, so that'll be interesting to see how that that plays out uh, long term. I think they are feeling out both goalies. Mm-hmm. From what I remember, but you've got Demko's uh, played played seven games now or eight games. He's four three and one with Jacob Markstrom definitely handling uh, a majority. Uh, oh, sorry, three three and one um, for Demko and five and two for Jacob Markstrom. So pretty much yeah. splitting splitting the workload. Uh, Demko, I would say, would be that backup goalie, but when you only play. A few more games less. It's hard to, yeah, hard to speculate on who's who. But having two gold goaltenders that are both above nine nine one, say percentage is, is enough to also give a little more momentum and comfortability for the forward mm-hmm. group to have a little more creative freedom, mm-hmm. not so much on their heels. Right, they're not playing a defensive game right now. No, um, they are. Dominating, um, they are eight three and one right now, and they have um, in terms of shot attempts, they have been the better team for the last um, six or seven games, starting with uh, their one to nothing loss to New Jersey. Right. Um, take the score away. Right. Take the score away. Look at how uh, look at how they're playing, and they are out shooting their opponents. They're uh, out chancing their opponents both high danger and just scoring chances in general. Their expected goals is very high. It's, mm-hmm. If you're cruising at about 55% in terms of expected goals, you're playing a pretty good game. Right now, the Canucks have had one, two, three, four. Four out of the last five games, they've had above 55%. Right. Playing great. I don't know. Uh, they've how, got four uh, nice games coming up, too. Yes, they've they've got they've got Anaheim, the Sharks, the Blues, the Blackhawks, and after that, the Winnipeg Jets and the Winnipeg Jets. So the Vancouver Canucks could they could take a serious jump. I had no idea that they would be this good. I had no idea that they would get off to this start, but they could be like Buffalo. Objectively, they could be like Buffalo. Sure. Um, I don't know about the def- the defensive situation here, but um, overall, they are dominating on the scoreboard right now. Right. Um, as we said, Elias Pettersson, but Brock Bosner, JT Miller, Bo Horvat, Quinn Hughes, all guys that the Canucks needed to contribute are contributing. Um, most of them 
Tim Schaller is shooting at 22.2% right mm-hmm. now. That's not sustainable, but um, four goals on 18 shots. I mean, they're being efficient right now. Absolutely. Um, Thatcher Demko's goals. Number two in the league. Goals allowed. Or sorry, save percentage-wise, number two in the league. And goal against average, number two in the league. I mean, he is playing well. Yeah. Um, Of course, Jacob Markstrom is... um, He's a veteran guy. He's been uh, around the league. He's he's pretty good. Um, he's playing well. Um, how does this play out in terms of Edmonton? In terms of Calgary? In terms of Vegas? Yeah. How does this team now stack up? Because it's just like another challenge has been added to that Pacific Division, a, right. a division oh, yeah, yeah. that we previewed is not that strong. Right. That it could be pretty handedly uh, a, a Vegas, you know, on on paper at the start. Yes. Um, and now, still could be that way, but they're going to have to keep up. And I, I looking at looking at stats right now, it's funny you talk about that. Flurry's got eight eight wins. He's taking a majority of their game load, which is to be expected. You got Mark Andre Flurry right. behind the pipes <laughs> in Vegas. He's just gonna he's gonna take games and he's gonna get you wins. It's just gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what Flurry sticks around as the season goes on. He's getting up there in age. So far, showing signs that he's still... I don't know if it's this adrenaline boost now for two years. <laughs> His new <laughs> lease on life on the Vegas Knights. But that's just something to think about. Now, they do have the depth with goaltending. Don't they have Malcolm Subban? Well, the, the, he, he's... <laughs> Another streaky... Oh, man, when they were both were hurting well, two years ago. He's uh, Malcolm Subban is a goaltender in the NHL, I guess. Uh, with the <laughs> Never eight, mind. Eight five seven save percentage and a goals allowed yeah, yeah. average of uh, six. Okay, I didn't. I didn't have the numbers in front of me. I just have the name. Well, I mean, it, and you know, it, it, well, uh, he's got a brother. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. I mean, objectively, Malcolm Subban will play better than what yeah. he's playing right now. Has caliber to get into the league, right? As a goalie, <laughs> yeah, I love that. He, he is a goaltender in the NHL. He he is, uh, you know, but. Um, Mark Stone, William Carlson, those are guys that um, you know you expect to perform, and they're performing right at uh, the the. They're playing well, but um, you know Elias Pettersson is just tearing the NHL up mm-hmm. because he's still. Uh, I believe this is his second season. He's still very young, still needs some time to develop and all that. But uh, maybe not. Maybe he's just ready to go. Um, but yeah. Looking at this division now, I, I kind of thought it was going to be Vegas, uh, Calgary, San Jose, and the way that it's turned out, uh, apparently Edmonton wants to be back in the playoffs. Apparently Edmonton is tired of being the uh, terrible team of the Pacific <laughs> Division. Yeah, and you're right. Yeah, no, this is uh, Peterson's only second year in the league. Yeah, um, and Vegas will win the division, I believe. I don't think that uh, the Edmonton Oilers can keep depending on Dreisaitl, McDavid, and Neal as much as they have. And by the way, good on James Neal. Hey, everybody harps on James Neal because he's got, he's still got it. He's still got it. 11 goals. He and Alex Ovechkin and Austin Matthews all have the same number of goals. And we're just 15, 15 games in. Good on James Neal. Good on James Neal. And 
I I that, know I get so much hate for loving on James Neal, but you know what? I am. I, I love the fact that he went to what was supposed to be a really bad team, and he is skating out of his skates, if you will. Because I can't say running out of his shoes, but sure. I love the fact that James Neal is doing well. I love the fact that the Edmonton Oilers are making some noise, and I really love the fact that the Pacific Division is being extremely competitive through the first quarter of the year. Absolutely. I think what I like most about that, and this is the last thing before the break, is that finally, gosh, you want to see Connor McDavid have some support mm-hmm. oh for how gosh. good he is and to be stuck in a situation that he's been in. Yeah, and McDavid is one of those guys that will always be one of the top players in the league if he's healthy. Right. And we said that McDavid would never win a cup in Edmonton. And um, I don't know. A lot of a lot of hockey to play. A lot of hockey to play. They need to, they need to get some experience in the postseason. Yes, they do. But I don't think they're going to be a make it and mess around and try to uh, there's going to No, be, they're not a dark horse candidate. I think that no. they, the Edmonton Oilers will eventually trail off much like the Buffalo Sabres have in the past, but yeah. um overall, I'm very impressed with how Edmonton's played. Um but, you know, so far so good. New teams in a way mm-hmm. to look for. We've like, we haven't really got to watch these teams when they're playing well. So right. this gives it something neat, different to watch. Yes, and when we come back from break, we will highlight a little bit on uh, this Western, this weird Western Conference. The first couple of games, we'll highlight on the Tampa Bay Lightning, Toronto Maple Leafs, New York Rangers, and New Jersey Devils, and Taylor Hall. Yep, we'll talk a little bit about Taylor Hall. So you're listening to ninety one five WGRE, your sound alternative. Stay tuned, hockey fans. I'm Brett Bear, Fox News anchor. You're listening to WGRE. Well, I didn't mean to play that one. Folks, we are back with some more Puck Talk uh, with Spider Jack and Axe. And now that we are back, after seven seconds of... Uh, Hopefully we didn't lose you there. <laughs> Everybody still with us? Everybody say... <laughs> I'd be uh, sad if we lost you. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, 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 dear. We can't get political here. But the Pacific Division, objectively, has been better than the Central Division. Right. Just based off of how many points these teams have, how many games they're winning. San Jose, who I believe started the year with a five, uh, something like a like like just a terrible first five games with a goal differential that's negative fifteen right now, right. has a better record than the Chicago Blackhawks and the Minnesota Wild. And Chicago was supposed to be a sleeper playoff team. They have not played like that. We knew. Minnesota was going to be as bad as they were. I yep. don't think that uh, any mediocre hockey analyst, even in Minnesota, could have said that they were going to be even slightly good this year. Um, you know what? Uh, what do you think is going to happen over the next couple of weeks in terms of uh, the Western Conference and how it's shaping up already? I think it'll be interesting. I, I don't expect much movement in those bottom four teams, right? Um, aside from if. San Jose plays well against the Jets. I mean that that will change a lot mm-hmm. since they're going to play him twice in four days. And that could that, that should be a four points swing. for uh, San Jose, right? So that'll that'll switch things up a little bit. But I don't. I mean, Chicago's going to pick up a few points, obviously, against the Kings, unless the Kings play on their head and show up. Um, but I, I just that would have been a great matchup five years ago. 
but now it's yeah. not it, it's it's like what it's like watching old men skate i've never seen <laughs> I, I, i've never seen a chicago team so slow uh, and the rebuild can be slow hang in there chicago fans remember those good old days <laughs> With the three cups. Well, I mean, they were good in the latter half of the regular season last year. True. So they, they can, can come back. There's still plenty of hockey to play. There is still plenty of hockey to play. And, and But I think it's just, gosh, it, it, it's going to tire out some teams if Arizona keeps playing like they're doing. And you've got, you know, Anaheim and Calgary and Edmonton now and, and teams that haven't been in Vancouver, Vancouver. since 2011. I've never. I mean, it's just one of those things that someone's going to have to give, and, and the Blackhawks and and you know the Kings, and I doubt the Kings. Maybe the Wild mm-hmm. can get get a few games back where they'd like to be and start clicking. They're still probably, even if they play a great season, only looking at a wild card. Yeah, I. I, I don't, it's I, obviously I, too early. I don't want to say that, but I don't foresee. Dallas, Winnipeg, Arizona might fall off, but then you still got Calgary and Vancouver. These four or five other teams that are going to be keeping with it. I, th- I think you're looking at a solid pack of teams that are only going to be a few points away. Yes, and um, you know, sort of moving on from that, teams that I, teams that we kind of expected, like the Minnesota Wild and the Blackhawks, are not playing. Um, up to their Central Division rivals, but teams that have surprised me thus far are four teams that we sort of thought were going to do very well, even starting the season with uh, the Lightning, the Maple Leafs, the Rangers, and the Devils. And where are they, everybody? They are (laughs) not even in the wild card spot right now. No, Toronto, after being red hot and picking up all the depth in the last year acquisitions, um, are sitting right at six, five, and three. Not terrible by any means, but they are not in the wild card spot, and have been on a four, four, two, literally five hundred like, yeah. tear in the last ten games. Which again, early, completely get that. But this is a team that should not be <laughs> where they are right now. No. They do have an easy, easy should be. Don't you know? Don't yeah. hold me to it. They're playing Philly tomorrow. Philadelphia is one of those teams that cannot be overlooked. Philadelphia is a young team that right. is hungry, and they will right. win more games this year. Right. The last game they played, the Flyers, was the seven-one game against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. They're going to come back hungry, mm-hmm. and especially see a Toronto team on their on their schedule, and they're going to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be a close game, and it's in Philadelphia. So. Yes. And for our viewers out there, we mention these standings as not uh, predictors for how the rest of the season is going to not go. Not at all. We s- mention them sort of objectively as where they are right now. Just context. Yes. All we're giving. Because we obviously know that the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, will eventually start playing better. Eventually, they will start playing better. Which, eventually, they will start winning games. Right. This could be a blessing for Tampa. Mm-hmm. Having been red hot all season long, we've seen what happens when you're good in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Doesn't always translate in no. the postseason. You got to learn this, these gritty moments now, and know how to draw upon them in the postseason because they just collapsed when they first felt pressure for the first time in a while mm-hmm. last postseason. Yeah, and you know we're not at all saying that these teams 
or this or these divisions will end up the way that they are right now. We're just sort of using them as, um, you know, like we talked about them earlier in our, in our preseason stuff. So it's just you know those are the four teams that we thought. I mean, if we, I thought if we that, jump over I, yeah. to, jump over to New Jersey. We thought I they said were, it on the show. We thought they were going to be great. Taylor Hall, PK Subban, Jack Hughes, Jack Hughes, all the moves. Wayne and that team Simmons. was already young and hot. Wayne Simmons. I mean, you you brought in veteran leadership. You kept the star guy. You got the number one draft pick, and then you brought in a publicity defenseman. Yeah, and they have done absolutely nothing. And as a matter of fact, there was a quote by Taylor Hall that said he's fighting the fans. Yeah, bold move, Taylor Hall. Welcome to New Jersey, and you're going to start battling the fans. I get it. You're frustrated, but that's not the way to do it. I get it. You want some some support. You gotta at least have a season in your city. That's not the way to start. do it. That's not the way that that's definitely not the way to become a fan favorite. Um, you know, I I don't know that 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 reminds me a lot of the Patrick Kane or not the the Patrick Lining line the mm. comments at the beginning of the year about they have the top lines and you have us, but Taylor Hall's comments is very indicative of how uh, that locker room looks right now. Um, you know. You have a guy who should be playing, uh, who should be lifting this team, who should be leading this team, who should be, I mean, he's going into uh, a contract here. You have a guy that needs to be playing at the top of his game and doesn't really need to be worrying about what's going on in the stands. He needs to be worried about what's going on on the ice. And mm-hmm. I know that I sort of sound like that typical radio host when I say that, but there's a little bit of truth behind that statement. Yeah. Um P.K. Subban said he played like a rookie the other night. Right. Which, there's some I frustration. I don't yeah. know if that's a dig at Hughes, but... <laughs> so, uh, Taylor Hall, a few nights ago, quote, we're one for three on the power play and getting booed, end quote. Hall said, it's a tied game and we're getting booed. That's a tough environment to play in, especially when you're home. I know we're playing somewhere and their fans start booing. It's a fun environment for the away team to play in. I understand the fans' frustration after the game. If they're booing us losing, that's fine. Gotta get some tough skin. You're playing in a larger market now. Yeah, and you're playing for a team that has had success in the past. Yeah, and like what we talked about, New Jersey fans spent all summer long hearing about what is this Devils team going to do. Mm-hmm. And right now, as of right now, they need to start playing better because um, with the way that this Eastern Conference is set up, it looks like Washington is a dead set to make the playoffs. Yep. And it looks like Carolina and her, Carolina and Pittsburgh and the New York Islanders, they're starting to make excuse me noise again. Yeah. And, you know, the, there's going to need to be some better play in the Atlantic Division. Um, obviously, this is all bound to change since it's since we just hit November first. Right. But um, New Jersey is a big month ahead to get back onto them. I mean, they are they are playing a lot of teams um, that that are not easy games, and that's the beauty of NHL hockey. I mean, there there really aren't too many teams that you're going to walk in and be like, oh yeah, this is going to be a win. Mm-hmm. It, it's just not that type of game. Now they're going to play. Uh, Philly today, mm-hmm. which again could go either way. It's right. in New Jersey, so maybe that team can rally and get some momentum. But again, Philly's coming off a seven-one 
I think they're gonna be it's gonna be competitive. Uh, back to back, this is we'll see how they handle a two day road trip. You know, two day back to back game swing. Um, the Devils will face Carolina, mm-hmm. one of those red hot teams we just mentioned. Can they hang in there? Go into Carolina, pick up a win, come back home. Uh, they're now going to go on a four, no, sorry, five uh, game road trip in the next week and a half. Mm-hmm. So all, and they're out facing of, out of division, out of conference games. They're going to go on this Can- Canadian tour: um, Winnipeg next week, Calgary next week, Edmonton next week, Vancouver at the end next weekend. And if you've been watching the show today, all four teams are ones that we've been surprised by and are tracking well and playing well. Not looking good for the Devils. At least not I think that not Winnipeg went Win- half. Winnipeg looks they're going to have they're going to play Pittsburgh twice later this month. Winnipeg doesn't look like um I guess their game off, so to speak, but that look but given the way that both of those teams have played it will be competitive and they have like you said the Hurricanes, the Flames, the Oilers and the Canucks. And those are very, very, very good uh, Pacific Division teams right now. I'll say it. I think it's going to get uglier for the New Jersey Devils. Oh, you do? Yeah. You think that they just sort of ride this uh, wave of um, inconsistency? I think it's going to be a rough rough month of November. Yeah. You know, looking at the schedule, knowing that there's already some tension on the team... I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna get nasty. Well, that's. Uh, uh, I mean, that's not an unfounded opinion to say the least. Um, I think once it could be entertaining if they start blowing up. I, it, it could be reminiscent mm-hmm. of of the Blues. Yeah, I have some fights in the ice, and then I need to bring out the puppies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say this: once we hit the end of this month, I think that. Uh, we can make some more. Uh, yes, this is going to be a big month of hockey. We're only ten game, ten to fifteen games in for the for for the the fewest games played to the most games played. Um, this month right here, I think, will be the defining one. Yeah, and rightfully so. Um, obviously, we'll have competitive hockey from uh, February through April, but yep. uh, I don't know. I, I just kind of feel like. The way that teams play in November will define how they play in December and January. Sure. Um, with the season change, obviously there comes a little bit of a momentum swing in every in everybody, unless they are just down and out of the playoffs. But November is like that's the month where teams can take a take a hold on their divisions. And um, I don't know, folks. We have uh, run out of time here, but. Thank you for tuning in to Puck Talk with Spiderjack and Axe. Thank you for joining me in studio oh, today. Oh, great to be back. And once again, congratulations on your engagement. Oh, I appreciate it. You are listening to 91.5 WGRE, your sound alternative. Happy Friday, hockey fans. See you next week.